0: Hello, and welcome to the Without Exception podcast. My name is Josiah Ott, and on this podcast, I seek to share practical content for everyday Christians. My hope is that I can help you live out your faith each day without exception. Thank you for joining me. This is episode number three, and today I'm excited to discuss the power of words with you. So first, I wanna discuss a specific tool that you've likely used at some point in your life. So in my life, I'll give you a couple examples. I'm sure you'll be able to guess what it is. So when my wife and I first bought our this house that we live in right now, we decided to gut the main floor. We took it all the way down to the studs, right? We tore the walls out. There was uh, originally not drywall. So if you've never seen a really old house, they used to have a th- stuff called lath and plaster. And basically they nailed up a ton of tiny little boards all over, all over the walls, and then they would put this this mud, this plaster, over the little boards, and then it would turn into a wall, essentially. They didn't use regular drywall. And so, when we got our house, we decided to tear all of this out. So, you would go through, and you would hit the wall really hard, uh, and, and it would kind of break the mud loose, the, the plaster. It would fall to the ground, and then you would take care of the little boards later. And in the same house, there's other times where we had some nails that we needed to, needed to drive, all right? And so... You know, I'm using this one tool, right, to smash walls, and I'm using this one tool to drive nails. You can probably guess that it's a hammer. And most people have probably used a hammer at some point in their lives. Maybe you've never built a house, but you've probably hung a picture a time or two or something like that. So whether or not you've used a hammer for destructive purposes, you've likely used it for some sort of productive something at some point in your life. And along these same lines, the tongue our words, right? It's like a hammer. How is it like a hammer? Well, just the same way that a hammer can be used to build or to tear down, our tongue can be used to build or tear down. So if you think, when I was tearing the walls out, I was using this hammer to destroy, which at the time was the productive thing. It was what we wanted to do, yet at the same time, it was used for destruction. And similarly, the same hammer can be used to build up and drive nails, do things that are effective in building. So in the same way, our words can do the same exact thing. Proverbs eighteen twenty one says that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruits. And an interesting thought here is that loving it basically means you talk a lot which if you know anything about me, that is a problem that I have. I'm somebody that most people would call a talker, probably talk way too much. And so in loving it, right, in eating its fruits, basically the writer of Proverbs is saying here that you know there's death and life in the power of your tongue. And if you love to talk, you will have to reap its fruits, eat its fruits, reap its fruits. You'll have to deal with the consequences. If you end up saying too much, oftentimes you might end up saying something bad or saying something offensive or saying something rude or, you know, you every now and then you'll say something good. But normally if you let yourself talk too much, you'll end up getting yourself into trouble at some point. So at the same time, no matter what we do, we have the option to give death or to give life, right? We have the option to build up or tear down because the tongue is like a hammer. So I want to read another section of scripture here to you guys. I'm cutting out the first section because I don't want this podcast episode to get too long. But you can read the entire thing. It's in James chapter three. I want to start in verse seven, James, the author here already discussed the idea that the tongue is almost like the, uh, the bridle and a horse's mouth and different things. Like it's small, but it gets a lot done. And in verse seven is where I want to pick up. He says for every kind of beast and bird of reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. So he's saying here, you know, we cannot bless God with our tongue and then curse our brother, right? You know, he's he's proposing the idea that our tongue should be focused on good things. But at the same time, he says that a man cannot control his tongue. We do not have the power in of ourselves to control our tongues. It's It's impossible. However, the good news for the Christian is with the help of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit at work, in the believer's life, right? You know, you can control your tongue through the power of God. And so I want to read, there's a lot of reading in, in this, uh, in this episode, but I think it's good because it's all scripture. So in Ephesians chapter four, uh, the apostle Paul, he writes about the new life, all right? It's Ephesians 4, 17 through 32. Your, your Bible probably has the title there of new life or the new life. So James proposes this idea that, uh, that a man cannot control his tongue, so you cannot control your tongue. That That is how it is. But then Paul here is describing what it's like to have new life in Christ in Ephesians chapter 4. And he starts it off with this in verse 17. He says, Now this I say, and I testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. And then he goes on to, share the famous section where he explains that you should put off your old self and you should put on your new self, which is created after the likeness of God. He's talking about new life in Christ, what it's like post salvation for the believer. And so this applies to all of us. This applies to you, which which is an amazing thing. And then he says, therefore, now, anytime you are reading your Bible and you see the word, therefore, it's very important to look back. Somebody doesn't just show up and say, therefore, when was the last time Somebody came to you in conversation and they just said, therefore, and started rambling off on something. It, it doesn't make sense. You know, you don't start a conversation with the word, therefore, therefore is, is a way of saying as a ro- result of everything I just said, then, then there's this. So you don't start a conversation with it. So anytime if you're reading your Bible and you see the word, therefore, uh, you should always go back a few verses because if you don't, you don't understand like the, the previous clause, you can't, you can't read that way. It, it'll end up messing you up. So he says, as a result of the new life, you've, you've put on the new man, you have put off the old self, you put on the new one. He's created after the likeness of God. Therefore, so after you've done this, therefore you should do these things. So he goes through a whole list of things here. Um, I'm not going to read all of it, but it includes things like speaking truth, uh, controlling your anger. If you're a thief, don't steal anymore. Maybe do something productive with your hands talks about forgiveness, amongst a bunch of other things. So if you read, you should go read this. Just go read all of Ephesians 4. It's great. Or maybe just read the entire book of Ephesians. The whole thing is really good. But in this section of, of the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, he's saying, as a result of new life in Christ, these are the things that should come about. And then in verse 29, he says this. This is my favorite, uh, favorite Bible verse regarding this topic. In verse 29, He says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it might give grace to those who hear. And so this is one of the hardest pills to swallow that he says, let no corrupting talk at all come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, right? So you want to build others up. You don't want to tear them down, right? Again, it's the whole illustration with the hammer. Are we using our tongue as, as the hammer in this instance? Are we using it to smash walls or drive nails? Are we using it to be productive or to tear down? And so the word for corrupting here literally means like rotten, worthless, or bad. It's, it's not good things. And so we don't want rotten communication. I, I almost wish they would have translated it rotten because it, it sounds a little bit more intense than corrupting. But I guess even if you think like a rotten fruit will end up polluting the fruits around it. So that's a whole nother discussion of the negative attributes of a rotten tongue. But an interesting thought from this as well is this is the only time in all of the Apostle Paul's letters, which if you read through the New Testament, a lot of the New Testament is letters that Paul wrote. This is the only time he used the word corrupting or rotten or the, the original greek word it's only used once and he's saying it in, in regards to your talk let no corrupting talk let no rotten talk come out of your mouth instead we want to build up building up means edifying or strengthening literally it means to build it's not a, a metaphor all the time it's often used as, as a metaphor in the in the bible for building up for edifying for strengthening. But literally, it's, it's to build up. It's like a building. It's the same exact word. And in Logos, I do some research in Logos. It's a very beneficial resource that has been uh, given to me through my seminary program. I'm very grateful for it. I found this definition for building up in there. I really enjoyed it, and I wanted to share it with you. It says, quote, the act of bringing something closer to fullness or completion, understood as if assisting in the construction of an incomplete building that's the end of the quote. So here you can see that building up is the way they define it. I really like this is it's bringing something closer to fullness or completion. So your words towards others, especially those in the body of Christ, are you bringing them closer to completion in Christ? Are you assisting in in their construction, right? All of us are incomplete buildings. I think we can agree with that. I am certainly an incomplete building. And so, but are we going to assist in in the construction of others? Are you going to assist in the construction of others? Are you helping others to come closer to their fullness and their completion in Christ through the building up of words? So that's a very, very sobering thought, but I think it's really good for for all of us and for you to to think about, you know, how are my words affecting others? And so I know it again, right, it's it's in that new life section. So without new life in Christ, right, no man can tame the tongue as James said but then I want to offer one practical thought regarding this um, that Jesus actually discussed. And I think this is one of the most helpful things to consider when we are discussing uh, the tongue. And this is located in Matthew chapter 12. It's verses 33 through 37. And this is Jesus talking again. And he said, either make the tree good and it's fruit good or make the tree bad and it's fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers. He's addressing the Pharisees here. He said, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That's the key part right there. Verse 35 says, the good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So, it's a pretty sobering thought, right? It's not not a good verse to share with little kids in Sunday school, I, I guess. It's kind of a, a very very sobering thought to re- really realize that our words do matter, and that we should really, you know, be be wise with how we, how we speak and, and honoring God. In that, but a really cool thought from this passage, and, and some connections here is you see in the first verse that I shared in verse 33 that Jesus said to make the tree bad and the fruit bad. That same word for bad is the same word that the apostle Paul used for corrupting in Ephesians four twenty-nine. It's the word that means rotten. It means bad. It means, you know, corrupt. It's, it's this whole idea. So he's saying here, you know, if, if the tree's bad, the fruit's going to be bad. And then he says f- from there, right? That out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So here I think we find the secret in taming the human tongue, and it is be careful what you let dwell in your heart. And for this, I am not a master at all. I have not mastered this in any way, shape, or form. It's something I work on. something I try very hard to be aware of. So please don't take this podcast episode as a me hitting you with my words as a hammer to tear you down. Now I want to challenge you to, to bring you up, but at the same time, I acknowledge that this is not something that I've mastered. Again, I don't think any of us can master it, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, right? The whole idea of the new life, we can go and strive for greater in honoring God in, in our communication. But Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So the question then is what is in your heart? And now I've heard many times, you know, the, the excuse of "Oh, something just slipped." I'm sure you've heard it. You may have used that same excuse. Uh, I said something wrong or whatever, but I, I just let it slip. Sorry. Um, it might be a complaint, might be gossip, might be just tearing somebody else down, might be a cuss word, or anything else that you believe could be under the uh, under the category of corrupting or rotten. So I will leave that up to you, but think of things that are corrupting or rotten. There's probably many things that could qualify for that description. And the, the difficult thing to acknowledge here is that if what Jesus was saying was true, which all of us should agree on, if we're Christians, if you were listening to this podcast, you probably agree that Jesus, Jesus is Lord. And the words that he said are not only significant, they're the very words of God. And so there's no lie in them. And if Jesus didn't lie, then when we say something that we didn't want to say, we really didn't let it slip. Instead, we spilled. We spilled over. So have you ever been to a restaurant and been amazed at a waiter or a waitress's ability to walk with a like full glass of water? I, I know that when I was younger and going to restaurants, I think some of my first takeaways from going to a restaurant other than just the fact that it's a cool experience was I've always been impressed to this day. I'm impressed at how a waiter or waitress can walk literally with a glass of water or whatever drink, like brimming it's at the top. It could not be any, any fuller. And yet they don't spill it because they're just awesome. And they do it, I guess. I don't know. I've never been able to never been able to fathom doing that myself. Uh, so for me, you know, I fill up a glass, maybe halfway maybe three quarters of a way, you know, I don't get too carried away. Um, but when it's so full, you know, they, they can get away with carrying it. I could not, uh, I would be dumping that water everywhere. It would probably show up about half full, which is better than nothing, but obviously it would be a mess. So in light of what Jesus said, when you slip and when you slip up a a negative word, whatever, along those lines, effectively what you've done is you've just spilled over the top what you were already full of. So what matters most is not how full the cup is. What matters is what the cup is full of. So it's, it's important for you to consider what is my cup full of? If, if the, the waitress or waiter spills water, it's because the cup was full of water. If they spill milk, it's because it was full of milk. If it was full of sweet tea, then they'd be spilling sweet tea. So regardless of what we fill ourselves with, that is what will be spilled regardless of how full it is. What, what is important is w- what is full of, because that is what we will end up spilling out. And so I know this is a very difficult topic. It's probably sobering, especially the words of Jesus from Matthew 12. But even though it's a difficult topic, I, I want to put forth the idea that we need to submit it to God because he wants to help you. God wants to help you control your tongue he wants to help you fill your heart with good things so that when your cup spills, it's not spilling things that are rotten. It's spilling things that are good edifying in those that will build up others. Remember the whole discussion that Paul had about let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth. It's under the heading of new life. It's not something we can do in our own strength, but it is a fruit of the believers new life in Christ. So again, if you are listening to this podcast right now, you are a believer and you have new life in Christ, which means you have the ability to control your tongue. So with that, I thank you for tuning in to this episode of the without exception podcast. I pray that this episode has been edifying to you and that it is something you can put into practice in your own life. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe and share it with others. If you were listening on Apple, I would love it if you would leave a review. It helps with the exposure of the show. That said, I pray you have an awesome week. And until I see you next time, let's live out our faith each day without exception.